And he says, clap for me, clap for me. We should have a government that looks at it and says, oh my gosh, we've taxed you all so, so much over the last year. We need to return that to you. This is above and beyond what we thought it would be. We need to give that back. We need to change our policies. We're taking too much out of your pocket. But instead, he says, clap for me. I stole more money from you than I was supposed to. And I'm going to reinvest that in how I see fit. And welcome everybody to the Andrew Kubrider Show. Of course, I'm your host, Andrew Kubrider, your source for Kentucky politics and news from a conservative standpoint. As far as I know, we are the only uh, daily, Monday through Friday, show podcast coming at you with Kentucky-focused news, certainly from a conservative standpoint. And today, we've got a couple of stories to cover. First, Jefferson County. Public schools approves a nearly $75,000 raise or 27% increase for their superintendent. Bashir praises a $1.4 billion surplus from the 2023 uh, fiscal year. And uh, Senate Bill 150, judge reverses ruling after that uh, appeals court made their ruling on Senate Bill 150. And why that's more important than ever and what it means, the fact that it can now go into effect. We have all that and more here today on the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. So first, starting us off, Jefferson County Public Schools approves a $75,000 raise. Uh, the, the current superintendent, um, he is paid $276,000 a year, and the increase takes him up to nearly $350 thousand dollars a year. That's a 27% increase. And the defense of this increase, uh, part of the defense has to do with, well, the Fayette County Public School Superintendent is paid $313,000 base salary. That's right. That's a base too. They get additional things on top of that. But uh, first off, that's too much for everybody involved considering the quality of education that they're providing. Uh, there is no job quite like it. Uh, where you can do a worse job and somehow receive a raise. What do I mean by that? Well, you look at uh, the fact that their enrollment trends are going down, which is crazy considering they're a free option. Literally, people like myself would rather pay thousands of dollars or take time out of their lives to homeschool their kids or send their kids to a private school than to take a free and convenient option because of how terrible you are at your job. But yet we see these superintendents receiving gigantic raises and getting paid overblown salaries. Now, granted for what they do in charge of thousands of employees and the amount of buildings and, and so on and so such, and the size of the organization, uh, the salaries actually are pretty low, but I'm not worried about what they do. I'm worried about the quality of their work. They have a captured audience uh, that they are supposed to be providing education to. Now, do you think Jefferson County Public Schools has improved at all on their results? No. No, they haven't. Uh, their educational outcomes are declining. The same as Fayette County Public Schools. The same as almost all public schools across the nation. Yet, for some reason, despite their continued failures, and let's not get into their busing problems that they've had this year in all major cities, uh, despite that, what we see is these types of things. Gigantic Huge increases, 27%, $75,000. You know, and it's funny because in this same uh, uh, last week here, as that was announced towards the end of the week, 
there's another story that just illustrates how incompetent these people are. Uh, they wasted $18,000 on sending the wrong start time. Jefferson County Public Schools wasted $18,000 on sending the wrong start times out on postcards. That's right. They spent about three grand printing the cards, 15 grand mailing the cards, and a total waste of 18000 not to mention the employee time spent on it because they put the wrong time on the cards. Could you imagine another organization where you can waste $18,000 that week, then receive a positive uh, 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 report on your performance review, and then receive a 27% raise? Of course not. Of course not. That's not how it would work in the private industry at all if they find you wasting that kind of money or getting these kinds of results. But of course, that's par for the course because that's what they're empowered to do. Let us not forget that this is the same schools, same school system that spent our money. Because remember, half of our general fund goes to K-12 through education here in Kentucky. About $4,400 a student goes to, from the state, out of our coffers. That's from our sales tax, our income tax, uh, and, and all other tax sources that flow into that general fund come out of yours and I's pockets. Uh, and, and sometimes we don't feel if they're excise taxes, such as a lot of these sales taxes are hidden inside it, comes out of our pocketbooks, goes to these schools. And for them to do things like, as we've covered priorly, shipping students, hundreds of students to protests in Frankfurt, violent protests where people were arrested, spending our money there. And yet they continue to see these kinds of gigantic raises and increases. Frankly, this is the kind of out of control stuff that has got to be tamped down. And, and we're not going to see it as long as we continue to allow uh, these schools to have no competition. We've done some talks about school choice in the past, but certainly in these kinds of communities like Jefferson County Public Schools, like Fayette County Public Schools, they need competition, period. They have to start to perform or else there's going to be issues. Not to mention the money they also spend on other taxpayer-funded lobbying, like what we see on things like Senate Bill 150. Senate Bill 150 recently overturned uh, out of our, our educational system. We'll be talking about that slightly later on. But going back to this story here, I just I don't see the justification. And let us, too, not remember what. A few years ago, there was a court case over raising of the taxes. See, that's the other thing. They argued in court why they need to raise their taxes a massive amount. I mean, uh, in, in order to fund their schools. And here we go. We have this guy receiving this kind of raise. Eh, argument, granted, the other side argument can be made that, well, we got to pay him this much because that's the competition. But that's what we've just come to expect, I guess, out of our K through 12 schools, complete and utter failure where we can't even hold them to a high enough standard. And on top of that, too, as well as we hear the teachers asking and, and crying out for raises that in some situations they probably deserve. In other situations, I'm a little more dubious. And maybe we can have a conversation about that another day. But more importantly, while those cry outs are happening, we see a 27% increase on a failing superintendent in a failing school system. For those of you who want to argue with me and say it's not failing, please show me where the results make sense. Show me where we see a school system that is delivering well-educated kids who are well-adjusted for society upon graduation. No, instead we see a uh, constant absence 
absentees out of these schools. We're seeing constant failures to educate. We're seeing sky, uh, sky downward, skyrocketing in the opposite sense, spiraling downward test scores. And this is just another kick in the face kick in the face of hardworking Kentuckians who want to see their tax dollars taken care of and want to see their schools performing. But instead, we reward this kind of behavior with 27% raises and increases. Coming up, Bashir praises a $1.4 billion uh, general fund surplus. That's what we'll be talking about. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so Bashir has got this $1.4 million uh, uh, surplus here. It's something that he tweeted uh, out this video. Hey, everybody, it's Andy with more record-setting economic news. Today, I can announce that general fund receipts, that's basically state revenue, for fiscal year 2023 are projected to be $15.1 billion, the highest amount ever, first time it's been over 15 billion dollars. Uh, in that number is a $1.4 billion surplus, the largest surplus in the history of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, my state uh, budget director, John Hicks, uh, will have a report out about the reasons, but he cites uh, great uh, economic growth. Uh, he says our economic strength is a result of more jobs, higher wages and salaries, and another year of double-digit growth in sales revenues and continued business profits. Our economy is booming. So many businesses busier than they have ever been before and people making higher salaries than we have ever seen. It's important that this prosperity reach all parts of Kentucky and that we continue to invest uh, these record revenue uh, dollars in things like public education giving our educators the raise they deserve in infrastructure, making sure that we have the best roads and bridges in the expansion of broadband in cleaner water and all these things that aren't red or blue. They're just good for all of our people. This is a good day for Kentucky. We're going to have a lot more good days. All right. So there's his announcement video or his video announcing this $1.4 billion surplus. We're going to talk about whether or not that surplus is good, bad. We'll put that to the side because we're going to talk about that at the end. First, I want to talk about what causes the surplus. Remember, Amy Bashir has regularly attacked the kinds of policies that have created this surplus. Things like changing when uh, the legislature did uh, into lowering income tax and increasing on excise tax. The reason why that's incredibly important to understand is because in our current economic climate, where we see Bidenomics causing massive inflation over the last year, we've seen an increase. And, and this is, I guess, part of the point too. We've moved more to an excise tax. We will see an increase. It is natural. We have 40 year high inflation. Because remember this, this doesn't run. You can talk about inflation now, but this runs from July of 2022 till June 30th of 2023. So, you know, what a few weeks ago, 
right? Point is, is during that time, we saw some of the record high uh, inflation. And when you see something like 8 9% inflation, and you have something like a sales tax that's charging 6%, or you see some increase of salaries by 3 or 4%, something that doesn't even keep up with inflation, as we've seen with the numbers, and is actually uh, causing down, you're going to see higher revenues naturally because you are collecting on a percentage, not a straight dollar amount, but a percentage. So a large chunk of this is easily explained by simply looking at inflation. And this is just a trick. And we'll talk about tricks too, that we saw the Republican legislatures doing as they've led to this surplus here in a second. But this is just a, a trick. And keep in mind, this surplus means it's above what they budgeted. So this is, they expected this much to come in and then they budgeted this much. And keep in mind too, who made the budget was the legislature. We'll, like I said, we'll dig into that. Let's just talk about the, the Bashir side of this and him taking credit for it and what causes it. So one is some of the changing of tax policies. Two is some of the budget that we saw the legislatures put in place. But the other thing as well that we see, as I was stating, was the inflation. The way we tax with inflation going up, we just collect more revenues. That isn't something to be proud of. But yet here he is uh, uh, being very excited about that type of thing. It's like a, hey, I'm screwing you over. Now clap for me on it. And this is the type of trick and joke that we see all these politicians pay all the time. They do something in our direct worst interests, something that's bad, and yet we applaud them constantly for it. In fact, we, we reelect them for it. These are the types of things saying, look at me, I've got a budget surplus that people reelect him for. Guys, that's your money that he has taken from your pockets, not just he, but the government as a whole is taken from your pockets. More money than they're supposed to. Surplus, once again. But also as well, that is because of inflation and growing concerns. And he says, clap for me. Clap for me. We should have a government that looks at it and says, oh my gosh, we've taxed you all so, so much over the last year. We need to return that to you. This is above and beyond what we thought it would be. We need to give that back. We need to change our policies. We're taking too much out of your pocket. But instead, he says, clap for me. I stole more money from you than I was supposed to. And I'm going to reinvest that in how I see fit. Remember, that is investments. Remember, government doesn't make investments. But that's what he wants to clap for you for. So he's taking credit for a surplus that uh, if he did help create it all, it's to the negative, the Democrats creating it with their inflationary policies that they took into place. Uh, um, certainly in their restrictive policies they're taking into place to cause high energy prices and other things that are driving up higher prices, which cause a higher uh, inflation rate, which collects money. And that's, yada, yada, and that's, I've done podcasts on inflation. But also as well, He's then taking credit for, remember the taxing schemes that the uh, uh, quote unquote Republicans have put in place at the legislature. Uh, he put in place in order to, uh, he fought these. If you remember uh, a few episodes ago on the episode, Bashir takes credit for the tax uh, systems. Uh, Bashir takes credit for bills he vetoed. That's the name of that podcast. Go back and listen to it. You'll hear a video where he's literally attacking the very same uh, revenue generating policies that he's now celebrating the creation of the revenue. On top of that as well, remember a budget surplus means they weren't expecting it. They spent, uh, um, they brought in more than they were expecting to. Well, who sets that amount that they're expecting to bring in? 
Well, it's done through prior year forecasts and as such and things, but really the budget is generated by our legislature, does it? They have the power of the purse strings. They control that. So if there is a undercutting going on where they're projecting less revenue than what we actually had come in, it's a legislature that creates that happening. Bashir has no part of it. If you remember, the legislature put out their budget before Bashir ever put out a budget. Bashir threw a fit about it. And now he's taking credit for that budget. But let's talk about this surplus. If this is a good thing or bad thing. First off, anytime you hear the government saying, oh, we took in more money from you than we were expecting, the immediate conversation, as I said earlier, should be how do we return this money to you? It isn't, oh, look at us. We got a budget. We've got a surplus. They're not a business, right? But yet, do you think, what do you think the return back to the citizens are? Do you think we're going to see a $1.4 billion returning of funds to those who paid it? Or in other words, that's $311 a citizen if we're at $4.5 million, which we're not. And, and that includes men, women, and children. Actual tax paying is about half that. That's about $600, $500 maybe, dollars or so per actual person who pays the sales tax taking out the kids that you overpaid over the last year, that they weren't planning on you paying. Are they going to return it to you? They're going to write every single taxpaying citizen back that kind of money? No. And should it be returned exactly in that way? No. Some people paid more. Some people paid less. If there's a surplus, it should be returned contingent upon the amount you paid in, the percentage-wise. The point being is, are we going to see that? No. No. We're not going to see that. Instead, what they're going to do, they might lower, they might lower the income tax another half a percentage point. But keep in mind that this is all based upon a bill they passed a little while ago. A bill that, by the way, you conservatives and Republicans applaud them for. A bill that I have regularly called out as a bad bill, but yet it's very difficult to point that out because uh, of the way it's shaped. The bill that put in place this process of reducing uh, the income tax and putting in place a sales tax is a stair-step process. I understand you can't do it all at once. You don't want to put your economy or your ability for the government to operate into peril. But the bill itself has wrote into it that we have to bring in more revenue year after year after year in order to lower our income tax. So they created new sales tax categories. They didn't increase sales tax. They created new sales tax categories. I want to say they didn't increase your taxes, but they did because that increase of 6% sales tax now in B2B marketing and those types of items is translated into a higher cost in user product that you pay for. Because remember, businesses aren't people. They don't pay taxes. Businesses pay it pass that on to somebody else, most of the time, either the consumer or their employees, when their employees are facing higher taxing and they just have to account for that. And that's less money that the employees can be paid because it's percentage based, but 99% of the time that's being passed off onto the consumer. You pay more for that. So they created this taxing process that then requires a 70%. This is what was in the bill, a 70% increase and our general fund size in order to get to 0% income tax. An increase from 12.5 12 billion at the time, or 12-ish billion at the time, to 21.5 billion in order to get it there. They want to see increased revenue. That means increased taxes. 
You can't pull in more money without a net increase in tax burden on the citizens as an entire state government. You can see one county pulling in more money because another county is losing money if you change up your local tax options. But you can't see that at the state level. You can't. That money's coming from somewhere, and it's certainly not going to just come from tourism and people passing through. Sales tax, that's the argument, is sometimes it passes on to people who are just passing through town. That's possible. But that kind of increase, 70% more in spending, is ridiculous. But yet, <clears throat> almost everybody voted for it. They had to. Because if you vote against it, they would call you out for being against uh, uh, lowering taxes. Because that's the way our dumb politics work. Because citizens don't inform themselves on the actual issues before them. And so legislators, Republican legislators, were backed into a corner where they literally had to vote for a 70% increase in governmental spending in order... <laughs> so those people who say they want smaller government and less spending don't vote them out because some other interest that pays more attention is willing to put their money where their mouth is will come in and run ads about how that person didn't lower the taxes. And because citizens vote on 30 second ads and mailers in the mail, that's what will happen. And so now we see an increase in taxes. You can blame the legislators. You can blame Republicans for not following through on their smaller government promises because how do you increase spending by 70% and claim to be smaller government? You can blame them all you want to, but at the end of the day, it's our fault for continuing to vote off of ways of, of allowing our, our vote to be bought off advertisements and mailers. But putting that to the side, we have a $1.4 billion surplus. They will applaud themselves for it. They'll ask you to applaud them for it when you should be booing them. We should be upset and pissed off that $1.4 billion, around four to five, 600 bucks, every taxpaying citizen was stolen from us by our state government over the last year because their taxing policies and projections didn't take to an account for the fact that they have failed to manage our economy and cause giant inflation. And we hear Bashir all the time congratulating himself on these fantastic wage growths and everything else. But what we've seen instead is a concentration of power to the corporations. While we have seen an economy, quote unquote, growing, but wages are not growing in tune with inflation, what we've also seen because of lockdown policies and the increased cost of things, we've also seen a, a steady uh, distilling of jobs into less and less employers where we see bigger and bigger companies employing more and more people. Policies that are locking out your small mom and pop shops bring in giant corporations. And then we as conservatives wonder why these companies can get away with doing these types of far left policies and Bud Light's a good example, one being taken down, but you see other ones uh, uh, that face that backlash, but yet they don't really ever have to pay for it. Bud Light's the first time I remember a company actually paying for something that they've done. And it's because there's no mom and pop manufacturers out there. There's no other people to go to because governmental policies things they put in place because they get campaign donations to once again send you those 30 second ads and mailers you so not you maybe not you the listener because you're listening to this podcast but voters so stupidly listen to instead of doing their own research and i'm talking your own research isn't looking at their campaign website either 
but look at their voting history itself. Read the bills and ask them a question. And when you see them squirm, you know they're lying. Putting that to the side. Those corporations put in place those policies locking out those smaller and smaller businesses. They talk about the economy needing to work for everyone. It's working for the corporations. And for right now, they can sometimes provide higher wages in an area, not recognizing the kind of locked, the kind of uh, locking out of your smaller businesses it does. And in turn then, concentrating power under corporations that now start to be able to set prices just a little bit. I just need to increase our dollar or two. I just need to increase it for a dollar or two and I'll be okay. And then we end up having to pay for it because we've removed our choices off the network in a way by having these government protected monopolies with gigantic regulations and all industries that lock out the mom and pop shops. Senate Bill 150. Uh, judge reverses his ruling. What's that mean for Kentucky? So Senate Bill 150. And I know those of you listening to the last segment, like, oof, that was kind of heavy. It did get a little heavy. But Senate Bill 150 takes effect. Uh, this was a good bill that accidentally got passed. And, and we can go more into that. But let me tell you this. The representatives that took the steps to make sure Senate Bill 150 was as good as it is, um, were the same representatives that the the legislature removed their uh, in the House. A lot of them removed their uh, uh, committee assignments, or they lost committee assignments as a punishment uh, for them getting this amazing bill to pass, where we have one of the most comprehensive uh, um, anti-transing the kids bills in place. But this bill takes effect. What's it do? Well, as we've talked about in the past, Senate Bill One Fifty uh, uh, seeks to take these schools and tell them you can't teach um, K through five about uh, uh, sex. You can't be pushing, um, if you're going to be teaching about sex, you're going to be teaching about it in a pro in, in, in a sense where it's a biological sense that it's about procreation um, and not just about uh, uh, whatever this kind of weird, whatever sexual fantasies you want to talk about uh, is you're going to keep that out of the classroom. You're not going to train the kids. Uh, you're not going to be talking about these things without parents consent in the first place. And then additionally as well, it has some restrictions on transing the kids as well, giving them hormone blockers, uh, uh, um, you know, puberty, I'm sorry, puberty blockers and hormone medications and doing medical surgeries for transitioning a child under the age of 18. And this bill was uh, that portion of it, the medical portion of it, a judge had ruled against. But as we covered last week, and you can go back to Judge John Reynolds, where we covered this extensively, the appellate court decision on this certainly uh, was looking like it would reverse that, which it has. Not a moment too soon. As we see time and time again of these things being pushed on kids. Here's this video making its rounds uh, around Twitter, and it is quite shocking. So for those of you uh, that are listening to the audio only format, what that was, was a um, drag queen wearing uh, fishnets and a uh, sexual type costume um, touching their private parts in front of kids that I can't guess is older than 10 years old. 
I think 10 years old was the oldest kid in that room. Anytime your belief system requires you or allows you or makes you think it's okay to dance in front of children in fishnets, you have a messed up belief system and you're messed up and you should be going to jail. But instead, we have to piecemeal these things out because apparently we are incapable of arresting a person like that for child abuse and exposing children to uh, uh, sexual abuse, which is clearly what that is. That's clearly what that is. But we're incapable of that. So in order to tip away at that, we have this Senate Bill 150. And like I said, not a minute too soon. That was clearly a classroom setting those kids were in. And frankly, it is shocking to me that this is what our nation and our world that we live in has become, where there are people out there who will defend that, people out there who will defend chopping body parts off minors, giving them purity blockers and hormone blockers. And it's so funny to me to hear these exact same people that wanted to force a shot uh, in every single one of your kids' arms in order for them to go to school suddenly cry and whine and complain about parental rights. I think parental rights are important. I'm very consistent in my beliefs. For you see, they believe it's a parent's right to chop off these body parts. They believe it is a parent's right to give their children irreversible medications that scar them for life. I believe that a parent has a right to raise their child, but not to do permanent and long-lasting physical harm to their child. That's why I'm against child uh, uh, beatings, not spankings or reasonable corporal punishment, but actual consistent violent abuse of a child. That's why I'm against sexual abuse of a child. That's why I'm against abortion, because I don't believe you should be able to physically uh, uh, and permanently harm a child just because you're their parent. That doesn't give you a right now. But take these same people. They don't have, they say, well, it's a parental rights. Okay, well, uh, ask them in, in states like California or New York or some of these other states. Does a child, if a child comes to the parent and says they are transgender, does the parent have a right to take them to uh, conversion therapy? No, they would claim that's child abuse. Does a parent have a right to not transition their child or honor their pro pronouns? They'd say, no, take away that's bigots kids. They can't hold on to that. It's inconsistent. Their entire viewpoint of now caring about parental rights is completely inconsistent. At least ours is consistent. We're consistent that you should be able to teach your child and be around your child with whatever ideology, as long as it's not sexually exploiting the child you want to, as long as you're not permanently harming the child in, in a physical sense, and as long as you're not uh, uh, sitting there and exposing the child to sexual abuse. I have a big problem with parents that want to raise their kids to believe that um, I have a big problem with parents that want to raise their children to believe that a man can become a woman or what have you. Am I saying the state should come in and take away their child for teaching that ideology? No, I'm simply saying, Hey, you know what? Until that kid turns 18, you can't chop their body parts off and you can't give them permanent life-altering medical treatment that is not at all been proven to be life-saving. That's the other thing too. They claim this to be life-saving. That is the entire argument. This is life-saving. There's no studies to prove that. There's no studies to prove that. 
point being is that if they want to teach your kid that, okay, I think you're weird. I wouldn't teach my kid that. But at the same time, I'm not sitting there saying, hey, have the state come in and take away your kid until you start chopping body parts off and giving them medications that, that leave them to the point where they, they become uh, um, unable to, to have children themselves in the future because uh, an eight-year-old decided they're a different gender. So you say, well, let's just stop that puberty from happening. That's completely natural. Let's give them hormones. That's fine. Clearly not fine. Am I sitting over here saying the state should come in and take your child because you're an atheist and you're not teaching your, your child about Christ? No, I'm not claiming that at all. I'm not asking the state to do that. That's consistency because you're not creating permanent physical harm. They can't be consistent at all. They suddenly now care about parental rights. We know that's wrong. And if we're not careful, we're going to have more of our society fall down. Take a look at this. This was a few weeks ago, but uh, Calvary um, Church there in Louisville has a drag me to church drag shows. Churches having drag shows. Complete and utter loss of society of beliefs of where we're supposed to be. And it's our fault for allowing it to happen without standing up and saying something. So you better get active, you better get loud, and you better stop caring so much about what your neighbors might think of you if you voice your opinion, because we don't have time to mess around. Well, guys, that's what we have time for here today on the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. I thank you all so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. Come back and check us out uh, here tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Be back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>